Welcome to a time of worship and prayer to connect with our Creator, heart, soul, and mind. In Matthew 22, the Sadducees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is. His answer is twofold. He replies, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So friends, this time is a time set aside for us to worship and pray, not only with our minds, but with our hearts and our souls, so that we can be transformed from the inside out and love our neighbors as ourselves. My hope with these meditations is to give us space to reflect on what we heard in this sermon on Sunday. How do we take what we heard and know in our heads to be true and let it transform our hearts into the likeness of Christ? So wherever you are, I just invite you to take a deep breath in through the nose and sigh it out through your mouth. In through the nose and sigh it out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose and out through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Seal the lips and exhale through the nose. And then just continue to breathe with your own rhythm of breath, inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the nose. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So as you're here just noticing your breath, I invite you to take a moment to give thanks to the one who gave you that breath and know that he is as close to you as your next breath. As you're here noticing your breath, just begin to notice where your breath is at in your body. Where do you feel it? Is it high up in your chest? Or can you begin to let your breath come all the way down to the bottom of your belly, letting your ribs expand, let your belly expand with each breath in? And as you breathe out, just imagine that your lungs are like a balloon and you're emptying that balloon, releasing that stale air that no longer serves you, making room for fresh, life-giving oxygen with the next breath in. And then just begin to let each breath become a little longer and a little slower than the last. And now I just invite you to begin to notice your body. If you're seated in a chair, I invite you to plant your feet firmly on the ground and sit up nice and tall. Or maybe you're walking as you're listening to this. If so, just begin to notice your feet as they move along the ground. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, begin to relax your shoulders away from your ears. Relax your jaw and just continue to breathe deeply, the breath of life. To connect our minds to our hearts and our souls, we're going to practice breath prayer. 
This practice of breath prayer is the intentional linking of our breath with a word or a short phrase. Our breathing is something that comes naturally. It's automatic, continuous, and involuntary. And when we let our inhales and our exhales represent an intentionally chosen prayer, we begin to live out Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. So in the quiet of your heart, on your next inhale, whisper, we are a people. And as you exhale, who are generous. Inhale, we are a people. And exhale, who are generous. Take a moment to just breathe and pray it out with your own rhythm of breath. Inhaling, we are a people. And exhaling, who are generous. This week was week two in our Identify series as we press into who we are as a church. What standards and habits do we have in place to get the results that we want? And those results are to look and act like Jesus. The standard that Aaron talked about this week is that we are a people who are generous. And the habits that support that standard are, we give God his part first, we find opportunities to help others. Even when it doesn't make sense, we give and we are a kingdom resource. Friends, there were so many parts of this sermon that were convicting to me, but the truth bomb that I want to focus on is this. Aaron said, we cannot be pressing into the presence of God and choose not to be generous. If I'm going to say I have a relationship with the Father but choose not to be generous, then I have to be willing to admit in that part of my life I am not a disciple of Jesus. Friends, this is such a true statement and one that pierced me to my core. Aaron talked about how being generous isn't just about money. It's about time, talents, and treasure. And how with habit number two, we find opportunities to help others means that we are generous with our emotional energy. Couple that with habit number three, even when it doesn't make sense, we give. And I knew that the Lord was speaking directly to me. The scripture that Aaron used to drive home this point was Matthew 26, 6 to 11. It says, Now when Jesus was at Bethany and the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it out on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with you but you will not always have me. Aaron talked about how back in Jesus' time, it was horribly inconvenient for someone to be unclean, to be a leper, and that leprosy was more than just a physical disease of leprosy. It was any skin ailment. 
And by the time that Jesus shows up, the people's solution for the unclean is you go over there. I don't want to be bothered with you. Friends, who are you not giving your time to because it's inconvenient and you're trying to preserve your emotional energy? Can you reflect on that space and say that you're being a disciple of Jesus in that part of your life? I know that I can't. So take a moment and just reflect on what the Lord is saying to you in this space. Aaron went on to say that when we choose not to be generous, we are putting ourselves in spiritual prison and then getting mad at the situation because we are not experiencing this abundant life that God has for us. So friends, take a moment and sit with Jesus. Where do you find yourself in spiritual prison? What is the bondage that you long to be free from? Friends, Jesus died for us so that we can experience freedom, total freedom. Where is he calling you to be generous so that you can experience the freedom that he died to make possible for you? Take a moment and talk with God about that. Church, we are a people who are generous. We are a people who are generous by finding opportunities to help others, even when it doesn't make sense. So Father God, thank you for your word this weekend that was so convicting. Lord, forgive us for the spaces where we are not generous, because in that space we do not look like disciples of you. And Lord, that is what we long to be, your disciples. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to those around us that we can help, that we can be generous to even when it doesn't make sense. May we be a people who are generous in all aspects of our lives, not just the spaces that are convenient for us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.